Yeah, and just a little bit underneath. There we go. Great stuff. All right, man, I'll, I'll just uh, kick it off. And welcome to the Pagey Train. Today we have in the studio Brad Stubbs, a, um, a musician from Western Sydney. Welcome to the Pagey Train. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us. Um, so you're part of a um, project called The Proxy. So um, what's the what's the proxy all about? Yeah, so Proxy started uh, about five or six years ago now. Um, started off as a collaboration with my long-time collaborator uh, and former bandmate David Shadbolt. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in a band together called Soma for quite a number of years um, in and around Sydney. So um, after that kind of wound up and a few other little side projects didn't quite take off, um, I'd been kicking around a, a bunch of rap, rap, hip-hop mm -hmm. um, type songs and lyrics. Uh, really just, yeah, sitting on the shelf for, for a long time and I'm kind of waiting for the opportunity to, to give them a try. So mm -hmm. uh, I hit Shadbolt up. Uh, he was a 2K at the start. Shadbolt's very, very metal, very rock. Um, so bringing him around. Plus metal guys, we are setting our ways. Yeah, exactly. So, and as the story will unfold, yeah, we'll, we'll come to see that a bit more. But um, so it started out just the two of us. We uh, we did an EP which we released back in uh, 2016. Right. Um, and I was really keen on trying, I guess, out some some new sounds, trying out to really fuse the the rock and the, the hip rap and hip hop influences. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess a little bit more than some of the other artists around. Uh, and maybe in a little bit more of a radio-friendly way than the real heavy, you know, Rage Against the Machine kind of... Yeah, uh, political in-your-face, uh, lots of cursing. Yeah, that kind of... Trying to, trying to mellow it out a little bit. Yeah. So so we released that EP, um, but then very quickly we were, um, you know, oh, maybe we should go do some shows for these things. Uh, I did do a couple of shows by myself. So the EP came before the shows? Is that how it yeah. happened? Yeah. yeah. So it always spins me out when that happens, man, because I've always been someone that uh, we, we write the material first and then, um, uh, well, then we jam it and then put it to show. Yeah. Not do the EP, then the show. Yeah, know? and I guess being self-produced, we just had that ability to, you know, Dave pretty much wrote, wrote the tracks, mm. brought them to me, laid down vocals, we had songs ready to go, so... Uh, and it was the first time I guess we explored doing shows without a band. Mm. We sort of talked about it before, like it's theoretically possible, I guess, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, look, hip hop guys do it all the time. Mm -hmm. They're playing to their backing tracks. So we thought maybe we can do similar, but with a bit heavier tracks, mm -hmm. um, and gave that a go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I felt very alone up there on the stage after a long time of having, you know, the band there uh, as I guess a support and a bit of a uh, mm. bit of distraction. Uh, all eyes were on me all of a sudden. Yeah, and, you can hide a little different. You can hide a little bit amongst the band on the stage, even if you're the front man. You can still um, hide a little bit. Yeah, like, um, I, 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 like I have a bad tendency of going up to the drummer and putting my foot on the drum and shouting at the drummer. It's a bad thing to do because you'll go deaf doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that interaction with the band as well. So. Um, in, in, I guess, yeah, exactly like you said, looking to um, bring the music to the people and, mm. and bring this EP that we'd been kicking around at home with, all. Oh, let's do some shows. Mm. Dave was, obviously plays guitar. Mm. Um, I got my, one of my other really good mates is a drummer. Mm -hmm. um, so we brought him in and all of a sudden we were now a three-piece band um, playing along to a bit of a mix of the backing track and, and live instruments. Mm. Um, and then I was like, why don't we get a bass player? And just to help fill the sound out a little bit. And yeah. that kind of brings us to where we are now, which is a, a four-piece band. Mm -hmm. um, again, I guess the experiment with the hip-hop stuff is uh, has certainly stayed, but we've kind of gradually slid back to what we know, which is kind of very rock, mm -hmm. uh, a very rock groove alternative 
Um, yeah, it was more of a hard rock. I mean, I was listening to some of your stuff. It's got some hard rock elements to it, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, we we all grew up, um, and as I said, we were in a band for a long time, which was kind of, um, I guess, alternative prog, mm. almost you call it, butterfly effect, to all those kinds of um, those influences. Oh, man, you're, you're speaking my language. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very common language, I think, for people our age. You know, it was that was the sound back then, mm. um, particularly, yeah, that late late 90s, early 2000s, that, that was very much the, the sound of Sydney, I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of the live music scene so um yeah so as i said that kind of brings us to to where we are now recording an album we've released a couple of, of tracks off the the forthcoming i oh, see that's just envious right and doing an album because it being self-produced you can get away with it right yeah because if you go and try and pay to get an album exactly done, you, you're gonna you got to cut off your left arm to get it done yeah exactly right and it's a massive asset to have um mm. have dave there doing the the, the lion's share of the of the production work mm. uh the bass player that we now have roger is also a uh, you know trained musician actually you might well know him from mm. uh, uh western sydney university campuses and uh and yeah, probably. uh roger lee his name um but what band, do you know what bands he's been in uh he was in a band called um 1234 yeah i think i played with those guys yeah, yeah back uh 2013 yeah then. yeah and he's still kicking he's kind of got a little side projects going on all the time but mm -hmm. um and so yeah he brings um a lot of uh mastering uh aspect to the to the mixes for us mm -hmm. um but yeah look it's still really been a, a long kind of labor of love we're all um yeah we all have lives outside of music as well we've got kids so uh, I joke a lot on stage that it's this album's turning into a bit of a Chinese democracy um, <laughs> and taking that long. But I guess we're also getting to that age now where, look, why rush it, man? Mm. It's taken this long for one. Mm. Uh, we're not getting any younger for two. Like, let's just really sit on it and, mm. and make sure these tracks are super banging before we... Before we hit the yeah, market, it becomes about yourself, right? Like, because don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong, uh, nothing like going out and entertaining your crowd. Yeah, but then y you get to a point when you start pursuing music, because like when you're in your early twenties, you're like everything sounds awesome, and uh, you're going to be fantastic for yeah. the rest of your life. And then after a few shows, after a few bands, you realise, man, this is hard. Yeah, this is, this is really bloody hard. Um, but then I think I, I, I must resonate with that because I think I've gotten to an age as a muso that I've realised, man. Oh man, I've got I've got a lot behind me. I, I can bring a lot to uh, a set. I can bring a lot to a show. Yeah, and uh, that's a great feeling. That's yeah. a fantastic feeling. Um, and I, look, I I try to reflect on myself as my young twenty year old self being in bands. I go, they're just miles apart. Mm. They're miles apart. Uh, but just going back to um, doing uh, going, you know, uh, more lonesome on stage. How did you find that? I would find that terrifying yeah and look i have done a couple since then as well um i guess we're the kind of band and we still do that fusion of um of genres that uh i guess we're almost two bands in mm. in some degrees now we're, we're a really heavy rock band mm. uh, but then i can jump up and do a few tracks by myself or i can do them with the band mm. we're quite versatile in, in that respect so i do still do them from time to time uh again it's still a, a yeah, it's a very different, um, very different experience. Actually, one of the one of the first shows, I think, actually maybe the first show um, that I did doing the new hip hop thing and uh, unleashing the the EP was a support spot for um, for Seth Century, who's a mm -hmm. you know pretty notable and award winning uh, hip hop artist who's doing a show up in in Katoomba, mm -hmm. um, and I managed to to snare the su support spot for that. And so there was quite a few people at the show. Mm. Um, my first show, I guess, you know, rapping in public and, and doing that side of the... And it's a different persona as well, you know? Like, I guess, again, with the band, you can kind of hide a bit. You can jump around and run around and mm. be a bit of a dickhead a bit. Uh, yeah, you can be a bit, a bit, bit more aggressive, yeah. And it's a you're right, though. It is a different persona, but the hip-hop thing, 
like people are watching you, man. They're watching every single word that comes out of you. They're listening to hear the words that come out of your mouth. I think there's a, a lot, you know, the focus a lot more is on what you're saying mm. uh, as well as how well you're saying it, um, you know, how well good your flow is and, and that yeah, kind of Yeah, they're kind of thing. probably looking for the message, right? Or like, what's this song about and what's, what's he on about? Yeah, and yeah. it's that, that connection where I think obviously with you know, bands and stuff, mm. it, could, it could be the, the guitar lick. It could be something else in there. You've got a lot more at your disposal to, mm. to grab the audience's attention. Um, yeah, you know, largely hip-hop music is a kind of a, a, as good as some of it can be, it's generally the accompaniment rather than the focus so yeah totally because you can go in a band you can go right the guitarist is doing a solo and now um you know a guy's doing a scream now the drummer gets to roll out you know there seems to be a passing of the torch uh, in a band and you get to share that sort of limelight yeah definitely yeah. and even trying to i guess convert some of the band songs to solo performances we've noticed that as well like we're gonna have to cut that section i can't stand around for you know mm. 30 even 30 seconds while that instrumental section plays we've got to cut that bit out and really just leave it pretty lyric heavy mm. um so yeah it is a, it's a very different um different experience personally and i guess in terms of preference i do i again just gravitate back to that that mm. band and group mm. group dynamic that's where I, I feel comfortable um i get a lot i get really nervous in solo performance situations like mm. even in front of friends or family picking up a guitar and playing uh if it was on me individually mm. uh yeah i find i get a lot more nervous than even have one or two people there with me i just can kind of chill out a bit yeah um yeah that always really struck me with the band because it just never got me like i've got at times where yeah either just performing on stage or doing other types of performances musical theater and stuff where i was just absolute wreck before going on stage mm. like and even on stage as well like having my performance suffer from those nerves mm. coming through um and you know singing out of key or, or something like that and you just yeah, bombing, bombing's fucking oh, horrible, man. It's hard, man. It's but you got to, but you've got to bomb a little bit to you learn. Do. You've yeah. got to, you got to, you got to take the, um, you got to uh, develop that scar tissue so you don't get back to it, and it makes you work harder. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Learn some hard lessons as well, just in terms, you know, partying, doing the rock thing, you know, thinking you can drink till two, three in the morning when you've got a, a festival show at twelve o'clock the next day. Mm. Um, yeah, you learn quickly. You can't, you can't do that things. Or you, you know, sometimes you just get by through the skinny teeth, and you go, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that again. Again. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's right. Yeah, you're just getting by. Um, but I think in in our band uh, we uh, we share that limelight as well. It's always someone else's turn to be really pissed on stage. Yeah. Um, but don't get me wrong. There are those moments where you're at some like uh, you know it came up the other day actually uh, the hideaway. That's a great venue to go out and get pissed and have fun. Yeah. It's very tight room you don't have a lot of stage to move around it's very very up close and personal um like i think i've even poured beer on people at that venue uh yeah, so it's the type of venue you could get away with it i think but we actually played our first show there not long ago late last year okay um and yeah i actually remarked at the time I was like we've been playing in sydney for like a yeah, better part of 20 years we never played the hideaway before um so yeah we, we did a show there with uh, a couple of cool bands i think it was uh code atlantic and um Really cool punk band called Larange Bucket or something. Larange La, Bucket. Larange Bucket. La I don't know if it's Larange or La Larange. Larange La La Bucket. Larange La Bucket. <laughs> it makes you it makes you stretch out the bucket after the end as well. Yeah, exactly. Larange La Bucket. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was exactly that type of venue. Yeah, really, really cool and intimate. Yeah. I miss those types of venues. Um, yeah, back in back in those summer days I was talking about, we our our stomping ground. I don't know if you ever played. There was the Excelsior in Surrey Hills. Mm, no, um, I haven't done that one. It's on that big walk as you kind of head up the Actually, up the hill there, um, and it was just tucked to it. But it was oh, it was awesome, man. A real, um, you know, a real dedicated 
uh, crew that kind of got in there all the time. Mm. Awesome sound guy. That type of room where it was probably only you know, about this biggie, but mm. the band could be playing there. You could be standing at the back of the room having mm. a conversation with the guy next to you and still hearing everything. Like it was just yeah, house in days. Yeah, well, I like those um, uh, tight venues though because you, you get that um, uh, Sydney at the back syndrome where you've, you've yeah. got a room that can fill you know 150 people, but you've only got 100 people there. Yeah. So you've got that gap of the 50 people at the front, and you're trying to coax people in. You know, come up the front. Um, that's why I like those little venues because you can pack them really easy and you can make it really intimate. But um, yeah, going to the other side of things, you know, when you're doing like a factory theatre or something like that, you've got to have your game on. You yeah. definitely have to have your game on. Um, but a big shout out to one of my old guitarists though. You know what I'm talking about, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually I had this thing where... Um, uh, well, uh, in the previous band uh, I was in Alpha Degenerate um, the guitarist used to get at me a few times he'd go you've had a too few mini drinks man you, 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 you dropped the line here and mm. you know yada 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 I'm like yeah but the crowd still loved it man everyone had a fun time so what's the problem yeah and he's like no but it's about the music man mm. you, you screwed with the music and I was like okay and um I ended up, um, and uh, let me just say, a psychedelic state of mind by accident, <laughs> to put it mildly. And uh, I was on stage, and I'm watching a kaleidoscope run into a unicorn. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Because I used to have this thing, right? Where doing like heavy metal, you've got to go to this, like, like you say, a persona. You've got to go to this dark seed where you're tapping into this dark uh, moment. But then all of a sudden, everything's all gooey and warm, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Anyway, he comes after me at the end of the show, and he goes... That was the best show you've ever done, man. I've gone, I can't understand a word you're saying right now. I'm peaked on acid, dude. Well, um, uh, <laughs> oh, wish I could get away with that one as a front man. I don't think it'd, uh, it'd pull off. But um, Well, everyone involved knows that it wasn't my intent to be in that state of mind. Yeah. I, I didn't um, willingly um, do that. Were you like spiked or just accidentally? No, 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 I didn't know, didn't know what it was. Out the wrong bag? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what it was. I thought it would have been just um, uh, something that was a bit uppity, um, but um, it turned out to be a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I managed to, yeah, like, you know, through the skinnier teeth on that one, but people were coming up to me at the end of the show going, that was fucking amazing, man. And, like, in, in my mind, all I could do was just imagine where I needed to be, mm. make sure that I could stay and, and find my cues. Because if you miss a cue, that's it. Yeah. The, the cue's gone. And I've definitely found as well that's kind of the, the other side of performing under the influence is that you do you have those times where it's fucking awesome man mm. like you yourself feel fucking awesome mm. the crowd tells you it was awesome like i've had times where you know probably had a bit too much from people do i'm like dude that was just the most insane i've ever seen you before mm. and then you start to think okay this is is this the standard i have to meet is this the is this the place i have to go to yeah. to to for this level of output mm. um and so it's yeah it's a bit of a fine line to tread i think well for, for, for tips of young players guys if you're out there starting a band i totally recommend if you ever get into a quandary where you think that um uh you know you're performance enhanced in any way just understand that's probably a one-off um generally um the best shows i've had i've been uh, um pretty much sober might have had a couple of beers before i went on um to crush you know the the you know the stage nerves mm but that's it yeah. and some of the most amazing shows I've been like totally straight yeah um, so the worst shows that I've done I've been off my head yeah um, but um, some of the best shows that I've had have been off my head as well yeah exactly but and likewise think, yeah. I'd say the follow up to that is yeah the more you 
try and chase that the quick the fast the exponentially faster it goes downhill so yeah if you do luck out and have a good one don't don't put any stock in it at all man it is just that you yeah, lucked totally. out enjoy it and you know go back and do your business properly next time <laughs> yeah, do your job properly you've got a job to do yeah and uh yeah i think look the analogy i'd use for that is like you're a dog chasing a car you're not going to get that car ever again no um so i um, might yeah totally recommend that um go to practice do your homework and then um, line up a show, um, do your rehearsals leading up to that show, and put on a goddamn good show. Yeah. Yeah, that's my definite advice to you young pups out there. But I would dare say we're from another generation because I've talked, to, I've been on stage with younger bands, and you can see that they're all totally um, 180 straighties. And you're yeah. like, man, when I was 20. I know, right? And I feel like, yeah. You make me feel like an old cunt, like Jesus. I feel like, when, you know, when, uh, was it uh, 22 Jump Street, I think it is, when they go back to high school and they're like, yeah, and they just get basically picked, they get picked on for being such dicks like why are you so nice like everybody's nice now it's like mm. it wasn't like that when we were around man like no it was a bit rougher yeah um yeah Harden up a bit you know yeah but that was that was the go don't but- recycle fuck fuck the environment <laughs> <laughs> what's the environment um but uh yeah I, I i will even looking back like even our folks would say that you know harden up because they would go well back in our day yeah and now i find myself saying exactly the same thing yeah. back in my day man we wouldn't we wouldn't have worried about that yeah that's right um back in our day you know uh you know skewies were four dollars and you'd have six of them before you went on stage oh, four dollars <laughs> man i saw petrol man was less than a dollar yeah less i think than i got a dollar some, i think i got some at around yeah 98 cents or something you know and yeah you're filling up a 50 liter tank for less than 50 bucks it's like mm. yeah it was man. time travel yeah totally. totally time traveling again yeah um but oh how's your um how's the um how's the proxy been coping with um uh, the crisis like have you guys still been working online yeah so we tried uh we tried doing a few things um just yeah kind of dicking around mm-hmm. i personally started doing a um a little little acoustic series that i called live from the lav uh as you would know and all the other musos out there would know that the bathroom has the best acoustics in the house so i um got a lot of writing done in there started doing a few acoustic (laughs) covers live from the toilet um (laughs) when things were in total lockdown uh you know dave and i still uh caught up in socially distanced acceptable uh ways for our exercise mm. um to to kind of keep some things things going but yeah really man we were we we're a little bit out of touch mm. um i started to explore some of the the kind of online jamming options mm. um to see whether we could get something like that going but um seems latency is still the uh the biggest yeah, issue in terms you can't of, do it live yeah you can't do it live what we've been doing is um uh, just working to a click track yeah you know, we're doing it as we were pro- we were writing as if we were producing yeah exactly and you can you know almost share it in real time i guess so people can jump on and start mm. you know you can do that well the closest i get to real time the closest i haven't actually um performed it properly yet but you can um we're on um an app called discord uh, oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of gamers use discord and Discord will um, has a good integration with um, SoundCloud. So do a click track, load up your material to SoundCloud, and then yep. you can all listen to that SoundCloud uh, SoundCloud clip <laughs> yep. in real time. Yeah. So that's the closest to real time you can get, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Um, I'm actually in a another another band little side project called Satellite Cities, mm-hmm. um, which is a very very eclectic mix of 
of, of people do a lot of um, sampling and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, female vocals, myself on on um, doing a bit of mix again of the the rapping and singing. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about using um, Garage Band and the iRig and mm-hmm. um, you know basically everybody hooking up to the to the mothership through those through those devices. So um, yeah, look, the technology's obviously there. For yeah, very happy to report that our studio's back open this week. I'm a little bit croaky. Sorry yeah. tonight because I've actually jammed twice this week just because the studio's open and haven't been oh. able to use them. So um, been to two different studios this week just to share the love around um, and uh, and yeah, get back into the the groove of the live thing, which is um, yeah, I think you know more than anything, it just um, you know we jam at the end of the week. We jam on a Sunday night again. Mm-hmm. We're all family, family men. So Sunday night's the one time the the wives can kind of go. Oh, let's, I guess that's not. You know, it's pretty. It's not an inconvenient time to to do things. But uh, yeah, it's just that release at the end of the week to mm-hmm. you know, get it all out. And yeah, we're a Saturday band. We do yeah. our jams on Saturday nights normally. Uh, sometimes Fridays. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've been doing Zoom as well, man. We do a Zoom meeting, talk about, all right, do this riff that way. Um, how about we arrange it this way? And then, uh, yeah, then we get to punch it out. Right, but the good thing about it is, um, you know, because when we're writing in a studio environment, it's sort of, we, you know, a lot of uh, the songs that we've written have just been from the hip, where someone has a riff, someone puts a part to the riff, and then I, I'll lay a vocal track on it. Yep. But now what I'm doing is, is that, um, you know, guitarists will put out a track. And don't get me wrong, we've done songs this way before, but it's very pre- uh, prevalent at the moment. And we would, uh, the guitarist will do a track, drummer puts it, uh, his track to it. Um, you know, then the other guitarists will put their tracks in. And then at the end of it, I'm at the end of the production line. Yeah. I get to lay my uh, uh, vocals on it. Mm. Now, the cool thing about that is, is I get to listen to it the entire um, process. And then once it's sort of almost solidified, I can then start to populate the song. And I'm hooked. I yeah. cannot stop writing this way, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm bu- the band's just bloody getting pissed off with me. I'm like, give me another riff. Give me another riff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess just quicker going back to the Zoom thing, we did... Um We've we just released uh, a couple of tracks recently, as I said, um, or one last year and, and one this year. So Ignition uh, just came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we did a little Zoom meeting for that. I guess as an introduction, we talked about the track. Mm-hmm. So that was a little something different that we I guess hadn't done from a band perspective before. Was to I guess bring people into the creative process a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, yeah, talk about just the different different gear we used, mm-hmm. um, the plugins, the the production side of things, which I know a lot of musos, not myself. But a lot of musos are into that techie stuff and nerd out on, mm. you know, all, all that stuff. So hey, that was that was cool to to do something different. Um, yeah, given that the context we had to work with, work within. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, man, because that's pretty much how I, how me and Dave, or me and Shadbolt, who I mentioned, have always worked. Mm. Like all, ever since the, the the very first time I, I met him, he he posted an ad for a singer for a band, sent me. Uh, a CD with I think three songs on it mm-hmm. um, that were either complete shells just lacking vocals mm-hmm. uh, or with a few guide vocals on it for a few lyric ideas that they'd had mm-hmm. um, but pretty much since that time I've been delivered a, you know, a produced track that needs vocals oh um, wow man that's living the dream yeah so living it's, the um, dream. and yeah it, it, it's I guess it makes things a lot more productive when we get to the studio as well uh, not to say we don't you don't let things come out on the fly as well. Obviously, we're in the studio, so we, we yeah, jam, always out. jam. You always jam. We always right? jam out. And someone, always oh, not quick, pre- no grab press a, record. Quick, grab the phone, <laughs> record that, so I don't forget it. But then you know, or it'll just be me. I'll bring a, a chord progression 
uh, to the table. Mm. He'll go away and come back, and all of a sudden it's a fucking symphony orchestra yeah, right, um, eh? ready to go. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, I have seen a lot of people starting to work that way now that haven't before, like yourself. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've always been uh, a bit spoiled in that in that regard. Yeah, totally spoiled, man. Totally. Uh, like uh, you know, um, I've been you know, obviously been in several bands, and sometimes you would get the final product, or you would get at least most of the arrangement put together. Um, the biggest frustration um, for me as a vocalist in most bands that I've been in is once I put my vocal tracks on it, they decide to do a creative um, uh, change. And that creative change may be enough to like totally throw off my vision for what the song was. Mm. It could even change the lyrics and change, you know, um, whether you're on the root note or off the root note. Yeah, you know? and then that's 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 night and day for yeah. me. You're like being on the root note, you're either with them or you're against them. All right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just find that uh, sometimes that can be really challenging and frustrating. Yeah, I guess one of the you know the potential drawbacks from it is is the constant back and forth. Mm. Is that you've got you know. You've done all this work to get the track to this point, and then as you say, I put a vocal part down that will, yeah, I really like that vocal part, but something needs to change in the track to accommodate it. Mm. Um, or we've we've come up with a new idea when we're playing it live. Somebody started doing something else, so that needs to be. So there can be a lot of back and forth, uh, and then even just with the you know the final mixes, um, we try and, and get in the habit of getting in a single room mm-hmm. for that. But uh, yeah, in the lead up to that, it can be a lot of back and forth. Take this down, lift that up boost that don't like that effect yeah uh, it has, it has it's it's a bit finicky sometimes like that yeah but um you know i, I used to hate that shit um but the older i get uh the more the more into it hey? that's that's why that's why i bring it up man like because the older i get and the um uh the more experience now that i've got you yeah. know after all these years of doing it, i go no that's the way you do it yeah it, it, it doesn't mean you don't lock out other ways to do it like um for instance like i've done a vocal line and go man can you write something to this because i love these vo- i love these vocals can mm. you write something you know it can be totally the opposite direction yeah or just stuff that's off the fly um and some of the best songs we've ever written man have just been off the fly it's it just started with an open chord a lot yeah. of great stuff starts with just an open chord and us just getting oh, into it absolutely man and you know i've got so many actually um the other track that we have up on our on our band camp uh called 11 11 um that we released last year on november 11 mm-hmm. yes um <laughs> but um actually it might have been the year before um, Sounds like you're in a conspiracy. We take it. We take it a, a little bit in a time in between, like I said. But um, yeah, <laughs> that, that's one of those tracks that I started. Uh, I bought a very simple, basic chord mm. progression. Not even a chord progression. I think it was all just played on like the open A string, open mm. A and D strings, just a little. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. That was all Dave needed to come back with this. Like I said, the symphony orchestra is this massive, big, chunky, totally rock and roll. Song. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and now I still listen to it and think, yeah, I technically wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I just uh, going back to nine um, eleven. Like I, one of my previous bands, we would classify ourselves as uh, conspiracy metal. Conspiracy metal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Extra, extra, oh man, oh, um, they're definitely a political band. Like we all write um, uh, about stuff, you know. I mean, look, th- we still do political stuff um not a lot of it but i guess I, I, maybe it's a part of the you know um being an activist you want to be you want to invoke change or provoke thoughts um because you were talking about you know rage against the machine sort of influences but you know um moving away from that do you still have those sort of tendencies of activism yeah definitely um again it was probably one of the big um the big 
driving forces but behind starting the proxy mm. uh, and even the proxy name itself mm. um, was was to use our voice for something. Um, you know, I kind of sat there and, and thought I've, I've done a lot in music. Uh, I think I'd, I'd just come out of a punk band that was, you know, we were doing just f- fun stuff. Like, it was fun stuff, but mm. I was like, I've got a voice, man. Why aren't I using it to actually say something? Mm. Uh, and I have things to say. Mm. I say I'm outside of the music. I'm a very politically minded and mm. opinionated um, person in a just in a normal context. So I, I, it, I found there was there this kind of disparity that I wasn't wasn't um, finding a, an outlet to, mm. uh, or using it through through the music. So it was very f- front of mind when we started the the proxy um, to to incorporate that kind of stuff. Uh, again, it was uh, I think it may be a little bit of slow start because we did get caught up in doing some really fun stuff, and mm. and I'm still into that as well. Like I don't want it to be all all the time hardcore, heavy, you know, cerebral stuff. I do want to be able to just chill and have some some fun songs that that aren't all about that. But um, I guess to yeah really bring it back. So a lot of the stuff that's that's coming out in the in the next few releases are are very much you know social commentary, mm. um, looking at um, at the world around us. Uh, having an opinion on it and mm. um and yeah as i said the proxy itself the name is um you know obviously a proxy is a an agent or a substitute mm-hmm. um and so it was yeah it was about using our voice for people who don't have one mm-hmm. uh who can't who, who can't find one uh or just don't know they're just just curious like and again, i'm i'm I'm, I guess I'm more about asking questions than than delivering messages mm. or or dictating any particular ether like just ask questions man just real just Pull everything apart. Um, I think I think you're on something it. there. I think a lot of things, especially in today's society, beg the question. Yeah. There, there are things out there that you, you may not have an answer for it, but it needs a, it definitely needs a question. Um, you know, um, even from the way the politics has been operating lately, uh, the way that uh, corporations have been behaving lately, um, and when I mean lately, I mean the last thirty years. Mm. I mean the last twenty years. I mean the last ten years. Yeah. Um, and and if uh, people don't um, have critical thinking of that. Um, I think we'll go insane. Like I, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't a um, heavy metal vocalist. Yeah. I think um, I would be on a couch paying someone sixty dollars an hour, um, maybe probably more. How, how much do psychologists get paid? Uh, I don't know. Big shout out to psychologists out there. You guys are going to be making a mint after this crisis. Bloody eyes. Um, not already. Yeah, if you're not already. Uh, but um, yeah. Well, again, I, I have um, been having withdrawal, man. Um, I would get. Um, I'd sit at you know. Um, my edit suite, scream into a microphone and go, wow, I haven't done that in three weeks. Mm. There's only three weeks. Yeah. Like, and when I go on holidays, you know, if we go on a Christmas holiday, you, you, you tell your brain like, all right, I'm not going to do anything for that time. Mm. I'd still be singing in a shower somewhere. That's right. Somewhere, yeah. right? Somewhere I'm going to be vocalizing, right? But um, yeah, being cooped up in this air quotations, home detention slash isolation, mm. um, you know, I, I'm just... Yeah, I think the neighbours are very well acquainted with Tool right now. Yeah. I think they're very well acquainted with... Uh, I did Life is Peachy. I did the entire album nice. like two weeks ago. So um, I think they're getting really acquainted with um, the heavy metal uh, that uh, is on my mind. Yeah. Um, and then it just dawned me, man, I, I, it, this is something that um, I don't just want to do. I think a part of me has to do it. I have yeah. to do this. Yeah, absolutely, man. I have that, that same kind of com- compulsion to... Mm to get into a studio and and just create and um 
yeah, again, probably something I've appreciated more. Certainly something that I definitely experienced as a as a younger musician, but probably didn't appreciate as much. Is just those man. There's times in the studio, I, I, I'm gone, man. Like you know, we, when it all just falls into place, mm. I'm, none of us are there. Yeah. None of us are there anymore. We're just, you know, our sh- bodies are there emitting noise and our brains and souls are just fly- floating up yeah, in I the love, air I love above it, man. And it's just, yeah, that's what I live for, man. And, and I think as a musician, if you, don't, if you don't have that or you can't find that, if that's not your, that's not your basis or your foundation, mm. anything else you try and find or achieve outside of this you're never going to find it oh yeah you, totally you, agree you know and i know dudes like that I, there are dudes yeah, out absolutely. on the scene right now who are just flogging their asses for and i i you know i deal with them and kind of you know i've got that insight to just know that they're just not operating on that same level it's a bit more surface i run, I run into a few musicians and you and you, you start talking to them and you go oh the weight of the world has not yet crushed your shoulders no yeah <laughs> i see yeah your cre- creativity is you know <laughs> something that there's a technical aspect but there's also that you've got to have lived it man like you can't you know it's like a gangster rapper who grew up a you know yeah on the right side of the track yeah exactly yeah, it doesn't that, 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 yeah, preppy it's white a, kid yeah it's a, it's a like square like most gangster rappers these days yeah, yeah it's a square hole and a, and a round peg right yeah. um you know uh yeah totally uh I, 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 the ones that, where i run into musicians like that is when i'm organizing shows yeah um that's where i run when i'm when i'm doing the administration of um doing a show that's where i'll have these conversations and you'll just hear in them they go um because some people will just jump at it like yeah man i like i know a band Reva, right? You ring up Reva, they'll no, go. Reva, yeah. yeah, they'll go. Man, where are you playing? We'll be there. Whatever. Yeah, right, they couldn't give a shit, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll just they'll play. They'll play anywhere. Yeah, and we're the same, man. You you, you put on a bill. Um, as long as you know there is you know some level of um, us fitting in, and, and don't get me wrong, when I put on a show, I like to put on a punk band, I like to put on a political band, yep. I like to put on a variation, so mm. you don't have the, the the same genre just running through the, yeah. the entire night. Especially these days, so many bands sound the same. You can literally have about four or five hours. It's just the same song basically well, yeah. <laughs> well i call it the keep the girlfriends happy philosophy yeah um if you because a lot of a lot of a lot of blokes that are in bands and don't get me wrong there are lasses in bands as well and it is male dominated so get out there and bloody start playing music mm. um take but, over. yeah take over uh it's not really given to you you got to go and take it um but um yeah there's uh the um the girlfriend philosophy where um if you bring your bird along she's like another show right because <laughs> how you know what i mean yeah <laughs> How many shows have I been to? And it's like all the bands are the same again. You're like, mm. I don't, you know, I don't like this music, but I, I come to support you. Yeah. I like you, and you like doing music, so mm. I'll support you. So the the way I think about it is, if you can get that person to like a show, they'll buy a ticket. Yeah, and the, and and then they'll get they'll they'll bring people along with them. So you got to make it entertaining. You got mm. you got to you got to have some uh, pitch and yaw in there. You got to have it um, uh, as a wave, a, a different sound coming through the entire time. That's that's what I find to be most successful for like a a, a Sydney you know um, pub show. Yeah, definitely, and we definitely find that as again one of these a band who's kind of genre uh, bending or genre fusing. Uh, <laughs> we really don't. There's very few bands that we sit you know directly alongside. We're always the kind of you know the 
the uh, the odd one thrown into the into the mix a bit. So yeah, I know um, that feeling, man. I know um, that feeling. And likeways, when I'm trying to alter- feel like I'm in, a, I'm in a music therapy session. <laughs> yeah, man. You tell how it is, man. I know. Oh, we don't fit in, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, and even when we're organ trying to organise shows again, it's looking at yeah, who's gonna who's gonna work with us, but who's also not too much like us. Mm. Um, it has been really cool though. Like again. Fusing the, the rap and the rock, we've done some shows where we've really had the the full extreme of both, like a real mm. you know, hardcore underground um, you know, uh, SoundCloud rapper mm-hmm. uh, on one end, and then a, a big ballsy uh, four or five piece band like ourselves or uh, good mates of ours from down the south coast, Furious Monk, who mm. who do some similar um, similar style stuff, you know, who would just blast the fucking doors off off any venue are those guys from so they're from the gong yeah Wollongong yeah see yeah. A, that's a good little um, um, music hub down there yeah we've had we've had a lot of uh, a lot of um, good shows down there uh, the Illawarra Music Foundry yeah, the foundry um, and uh, is the red bar? Is the red, red bar, bar closed, man? Closed, man. That another tragic another one bites the fucking dust. Hey? Yeah, that was such another a cool one. venue. No poke. One of those no pokey venues. Yeah, they're like a valve um, yeah. venue. No pokey. A little yeah. mezzanine section upstairs with little pinball machines and yeah, rad was rad was rad. Rad was rad, man. Um, but in saying that, Illawarra Music Foundry is fucking awesome as mm. well. Um, Mark Lenzo is uh, the name of the dude who um who runs that is in a band himself called dear samsara mm-hmm. um but the the production quality coming out of there if you check our page out that we've got some footage um from down there mm-hmm. he's putting on an awesome show 360 cameras and and shit oh far um, out yeah he's smashing it out that's there, man. that's pretty full-on like yeah i'm sure when, when gigs are happening again um yeah make sure any any bands out there like his his doors are open all the time uh, he really really helps out the younger bands as well down there. Yeah. Uh, has a lot of uh, open open mic nights and just uh, free free jam. And that's just that's rock the up key, man. I've open mic nights. That's where you got to venues need to have those open mic nights because because um, if when you're starting out as a band, the first thing a promoter is going to say to you is, "Well, where have you played before?" You go, yeah. "Well, well, nowhere." Well, why should I put you on? Yeah, that's you, right. You need those open mic nights so that they can cut their teeth a little bit. And start their resume because you need a bit of a resume. To, you know, the bigger your resume, the more shows you're going to get. Yeah, definitely. And I guess going back to the the activist side of thing and, and booking shows, mm. I guess one of the other focuses for us over the last couple of years has been looking at doing. Uh, and I think there's been a lot more bands have been doing just a lot of charity mm. uh, charity events, uh, fundraising fundraising gigs, getting behind uh, as many causes as we can. Uh, indigenous causes were played up at the uh, the Gurumaba, uh Aboriginal Film Festival actually. Oh yeah. Uh, up at Katoomba a couple of years ago, I did a solo performance of that one. Um, no pressure. Yeah, so <laughs> that was that was cool to open that, and um, so one of the songs we do in the proxy, which is I guess along those more political lines, we do a cover of Goanna's Solid Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but given our style and the way we tend to do covers is i rewrite the verses mm-hmm. so i've got more of a kind of that hip-hop rap verse and then we can kind of steal the hook mm-hmm. uh and the rest of the good parts of the song so oh, that's not stealing you're just lifting yeah exactly lifting reappropriating reappropriating it yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> so that's what that's definitely one of our ones that um you know sticks along the, the the same themes of of the original in that one 
Um, so yeah, that was cool to, to perform up there. Um, we've also did uh, a show for Heartfest, which was a, a fundraiser for um, raising awareness for Kawasaki disease. Uh, which I've heard of that one. What's Kawasaki disease? When I first heard of it, I was like, "Is it? Is this a scam?" Man, I thought honestly thought yeah, it was a scam for dudes who wanted fucking raise money to go buy a motorbike or some shit. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't, don't know when. But no, it's, a, it's it a. It doesn't sound legit. <laughs> it doesn't, but it is a legitimate. Um, it's a kind of congenital heart defect uh, that isn't, I guess, so bad in itself from from what I do know, but can lead to a lot of other complications and stuff. So, um, yeah. sounds hectic though. Yeah, and a cool. a cool name at least, like a little, a little perhaps, uh, you yeah. know. Well, I tried to start off a band once called Kawasaki Debrief. Oh, really? Not Ka- no, Kamikaze Debrief. Kamikaze. This is where I got my wires crossed. I'm like, Kamikaze yeah. disease. Wow, that just sounds that'd, like people are jumping off. Bu- yeah, they're just jumping off buildings or something. But no, so it's a heart condition for um, uh, Kawasaki. Yeah, so um, yeah, again, just looking to get behind whatever um, we can in those, in the way of those types of causes. And again, just use our mm. whatever mega profile we do have to um you know to help bring awareness to to those types types of causes mm. um and yeah i think we'll probably get into a bit more of that uh, as we start to release particularly these next couple of songs that are very uh heavily you know critiquing of of some of the things that have have gone on lately and um and just the way the world is at the moment yeah uh, i like that you, you've done a, a critique yeah. yeah, critique. It's just my, it's just my interpretation. Yeah, it's just the vibe of it. Yeah, it's just, a, yeah, it's just the notion. It's just the vibe. Yeah. Um. Uh, but um. Well. Um. Oh, sorry. I just lost where I was going. Going to go with that. Um. Um. Oh, damn it! Damn it! I had a really good question for you. Um. Oh, COVID. It was about COVID. Getting out of COVID. Where are we going? How are we getting out of COVID? Mm. Um, it's on the note. I've, on the COVID note, I guess I've. I am actually working on a little uh, a cover. A kind of a COVID um, satire type of oh, yeah. uh, one of those ones. I was going to release it during the whole thing. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a cover of the. I just can't remember who done the original, but Tupac did that. The cover of Change, you know, Changes. Yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. So I've rewritten the verses for that again and made it all very a bit tongue in a bit, a bit tongue in cheek, a bit tongue in cheek, but also a bit again asking mm. some questions. Like, there's a lot of shit with this. And I was like, what. Uh, some of this just anyway I'm, uh, look i'm not no conspiracy no tinfoil hat wearer mm. uh again i just ask i just ask questions and wait for reasonable answers well, i was just gonna that's what i was gonna ask um anything about the bushfires that sort of thing as we've just gone through because that that was um sort of the same sort of period where you're writing into in bushfires. bushfires yeah yeah uh in terms of the songwriting yeah, yeah. or um no not really i guess uh, a lot of this a lot of the writing stuff um has probably been done for quite a while it's really the production side of things mm-hmm. um but uh we definitely yeah we did a couple of a bushfire relief gigs i did one with with the satellite cities outfit that i uh that i mentioned but um yeah i guess that that was obviously um something that just uh really took me by surprise this time i think like it's, you know living out this way and in the, i live up in the lower lower blue mountains so mm. know, bushfires um certainly nothing nothing new but last year was just something all to all together oh, different man. wasn't it yeah no it was a total totally different kettle of fish man um yes yeah. indirectly we've got a few songs that, that you know deal with that um that topic mm. of you know just you know global warming and um um and that kind of thing yeah. um again not too not too directly just those kind of little 
throwing little little jibes. Uh, well, the last minute we were in, we would write just directly about things like that Kennedy assassination, 9-11, um, you know, uh, harp, yeah. um, all, all those sort of tinfoil wearing hat things. I think I went through a phase where I was actually wearing a tinfoil hat, <laughs> metaphorically. 11-11 is probably the, the exception to that. Um, as I mentioned, that's one of the other tracks we we have out. And um, that, that's one of the, I guess, phenomenon type things that, I have experienced myself, and I can't fucking explain it, man. Mm. I just can't explain it. It never happened to me before. I was um, starting to happen to you. I went, I went overseas a couple man, of years ago. Man, that happens to me all the time. I went overseas a couple of years ago um, to to New Zealand uh, with the family, just so my wife's got some, some family over there. Um, I, just, I just had to go. I was going to tell you. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I did see it today, though. I saw it today. And actually, so I saw it for like the first time over there, and I thought oh, that I always hear people mm. talking about it, and I thought it was funny when the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, there it is. Man, I swear to Christ, I've seen it every day, twice, sometimes more, if there's different, you know, multiple clocks in the house, but yeah. I see it all the fucking time now. Mm. And it's just... It, yeah, just one of those. Like, it's, yeah, one, just, one. it's just weird. One one. It's just all weird, over the place. So I've that, yeah, but isn't it? I don't know. But if you can look at this psychologically, right? Is it just confirmation bias? Because you know that you're looking for the eleven. That's right. So therefore, you you, you forget about the fifty eight. You forget yeah. about the the forty three. Yeah. You know. I don't know. And again, I've asked. So I ask a lot of questions in the song about what what it is, where it's coming from. Is it this? Is it that? Is it some type of, you know higher power mm. trying to talk to us or get us to talk to ourselves like that's i think that's one of the theories it's just a little reminder to take a minute mm. for you to you know look and think inwardly yeah um which is a lot for what it, it achieves for a lot of people because they look at it and go oh, 11, 11, fucking cool. oh I, remember, <laughs> I remember my question slash statement now i've got it it wasn't the bushfires it's about the primed um scenario of doing shows after covid because mm. um i had this thought the other day that they're not going to be doing arena shows and I, was talk- I think I was talking about this about, uh, on the last podcast with Adam actually mm. they're not going to be doing shows at big arenas and um, pokey use is going to go like pokey use is out the door right like no one is using them no right um, and most venues are going to be going and, and there will be a drop off from uh, gambling addiction now that people have been cooped up they go they, they probably had a chance to go oh you know what I've saved so much money I'm not going to go put this into a machine right mm. Um, so, you know, clear six machines out of your establishment, put on a little stage. If not all. If not all. <laughs> all would be better, but we know businesses. You business. need some revenue to keep afloat, fair yeah, enough. I know you need marble pillars outside of your pub, and that's important. <laughs> so, <laughs> but The fucking lobbies of some pubs these days is fucking ridiculous, right? Yeah, but you see these places, right? They look, they look amazing. Yeah, opulent. Go- yeah, like it's just ridiculous. Some yeah. of the some of these establishments, right? But you know, just put a little corner for a music production of multiple genres on different nights. Mm. Not really difficult, and you'll get people back in your pub. But I, I'm just saying that perhaps that um, because there will be a, a crowd that's out there that are looking for live entertainment, perhaps operators like ourselves will have opportunities to play more shows. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm hoping. I'm. I'm kind of conflicted in in my um, and my forecast mm. for for what happens next. So I'm, look again. I'm. I'm hopeful that it is going to be a big resurgence. That people are just going to be champing at the bit to to go out, mm. to be out, to hang out with people, to socialise and to and to listen to live music. Um, but I also know, even I guess just from my own experience, that I people have very quickly become accustomed to life in indoors mm. uh you know there's so many 
and again going back to the the technology that that musicians are using now it's all being fucking zoomed right into you in your lounge room you know you can watch a live like dudes are live streaming their performances now Mm. um so I, i do i do worry about where the middle ground is in in the future whether both can survive whether 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 streaming just won't become a thing as much as it is now which i don't i don't think that'll be the case i think everyone's probably going to keep doing that as an addition to the live stuff that they're yeah i think that that happens across all industries though like um you know we're talking about this off camera before in our professional lives um at work i'm I'm working from home Mm. um most people are working from home yeah um Anyone that doesn't have a material handling job essentially is working from home. Um, will there be after COVID? There's going to be a hybrid of that. There's going to be now. There's people are starting to realise that that work-life balance um, can be achieved because now we have the technology to do so. Mm-hmm. You can. You don't. You don't need all that face-to-face time. Um, gyms, right? So um, if you are a yoga instructor. Right, before you'd have 10 people come into your studio doing yoga with you mm. but now you can have 10 people coming in the studio and then you do a live stream of that yoga event now that um, someone in you know uh, Broome can now do that yoga yeah. class with you so now I, I, what I think would be is a, is a hybrid of these ideas I think the merge of digital and physical those two spheres are, are colliding currently colliding and at the end product of that there's going to be I don't know what the ratio will be but I think there will be um, certainly an aspect for more of a digital life more so than before because before we were surrounded you know with digital products mm. but now our hand has been forced yeah we've had to adapt and I don't think that that there's one thing i don't think that will happen it's not we're going to be a case where we turn the digital off and go back to our um nine to five lives i just don't see that happening no 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 i think the other thing i'm kind of hopeful of out of this is that um particularly in the in the live sense is that venues are going to be more i guess more open to having you know, allowing performers to come in mm. knowing that people are wanting live performance mm. that they're going to open it up a bit more than just fucking cover bands no offense to all my friends out there you know yeah, same make, same. making a living in cover bands in some really good fucking cover bands i might add yeah totally um but it's not easy cover bands aren't fucking easy man no but uh look they have you know i don't think any any dude anyone in an original band is going to tell you that it's not a hard fucking slog to mm. to, to snare those particularly those prime time spots mm. You know, to not have to play on a Thursday night, where you know it's it's fucking, you know, a hard slog to get people out at mm-hmm. the best of times. Um, yeah, yeah when, when people are cashed up and, and ready to go, they're hard to get there. Yeah, exactly, at those times. So, yeah, look, hopefully some, yeah, a bit more consideration to go, look, people are champing at the bit. They want variety. Mm-hmm. Let, let's give them... Let's give them that um, that variety. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, let's let the chips fall where they may. Like, yeah, the, the whole model has been smashed. Let's adapt to it. Let's let's pick up the pieces and form a new model. And really, once pubs are, are you know, up and running again, there's no reason that we can't start becoming a city like Melbourne where there's shit on at the pub every fucking night. Yeah, totally. Every night, there's a different whether it's a, you know you've got your acousticy soloy stuff during the week, and you get your big bands on the weekend. You've mm. got your big massive cover band on the weekend. You know is going to bring a good couple hundred or mm. if not thousand bloody people to your to your venue at, at a, like an RSL club or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, just a, a proper I guess a proper live music strategy mm. rather than just you know sticking to the 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 old. Well, I think they got the weather on their side as well. So they got the indoor culture in melbourne they don't so much have that in sydney yeah um but um yeah melbourne crowds way better like sorry mm. sydney but melbourne crowds are way better 
Yeah, definitely. I think they and Penrith crowds, mind you, uh, to have a satellite idea into that. Some of the best shows I've done have been in Penrith, man. Best crowds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, People same. hungry for it. Yeah, we were talking just before we came on air about the fact that um, yeah, venues just around here just don't seem to be able to to um, yeah achieve longevity. It's kind yeah. of a three, three to six or twelve month run before um, before it, it all wraps up at any one particular venue and skips around town to the next one and they'll have a crack at it and then it'll come back down the other end of High Street. Oh, uh, it requires leadership. That's what it requires. It does. And look, obviously, there's certainly been no shortage of people who've given it a crack yeah, um, and you know thrown a lot, lot of good money after bad or uh, or, or really thrown their real you know, their whole heart and soul into into trying to establish it and just haven't had the the community support mm. um, to. To, to maintain it so you know, that that's still the still the hardest thing about being in a, in any in a band and uh, again now the kids out there anyone thinking about getting into it your hardest job is and always going to be getting people off their ass and <laughs> uh and into a into a venue to watch you play yeah no it's not even over once you've got them to buy a ticket and get into your venue it's still not over no know? that's right they still might not come even yeah. though they've paid, they might, yeah, fuck it. It's only 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it. yeah uh, but uh, there are a lot of young... I don't know if it's just me that being more more observant, um, but I think there's a lot more bands out there at the moment. Is it just me or is there more bands? Yeah, I don't know either. I've had that, uh, like, is it just me again? Is it one of those older things that I'm just noticing it more? Um, certainly in the in the rap and hip-hop, man, there's fucking thousands. Mm. Uh, and not to, not to disparage young rappers out there who, who might be listening to this, uh, you know, if you think you've got a, a craft and a skill, look, hone away at it, keep cracking. But man, there's a lot of people out there um, who think they're musicians because they've got a beat and a phone mm. or a microphone mm. and they can put the two together. Mm. Uh, you know, songwriting and, and musicianship is, is about a lot more than that. Yeah, totally. And I think it, it has, to some degree, kind of muddied, muddied the waters and made it hard to, you know, good good acts and good artists are kind of diamonds in the rough of this sea of fucking shit <laughs> that you've just got to wade through uh definitely more so in 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 that space uh i think when it comes to bands um i think there's almost like an, an inherent requirement that you have to have some level of skill before people are going to give you attention nobody oh, totally, yeah. nobody listens to a shit musician and says they're good people listen to shit rappers and tell them they're good mm. or that you know they they prop them up so much falsely falsely pop up and, and inflate them way more than than bands like if you you're someone could do that that doesn't sound good man mm. you know where so yeah i think bands have to earn it a lot more so when you do start yeah. getting a bit of a bit of exposure chances are you you've, you've got some, at least some yeah yeah you've, you've made someone notice for a reason yeah but uh, on that side of things volume is is most certainly your, your challenge as well you know mm. i think it started to um started to probably happen Look, I'm, I'm pushing 40 and started um, learning guitar and stuff when I was like 12, 13, and I was probably one of the few the few that were. Like, but playing the instrument, being a band, wasn't a big wasn't a big thing back then not everybody you know there was probably four or five yeah, guys true, in, yeah, four yeah. or five guys in your year who, who were into music that's true enough yeah. for you to probably make one band now yeah. they fucking all all think they're musicians or mm. and a lot of them are again not disparaging anyone if you think you're good keep mm. keep at it give it a crack um, you know, don't ever, don't ever let anyone like me tell you to tell you not to. But um, yeah, there's definitely. It's just I think the popular popularity of it, mm. the appeal of it, 
And maybe um, the access as well. And the and definitely yeah. the access, man. Definitely the access. Um, and looks like in saying that, there's dudes who out there with nothing but a microphone, a phone, and a beat who are making sensational shit. Yeah, so totally. are making top quality content because they're that good. Mm. Uh, that that's all they need. But um, yeah, it's not to say that's enough for everybody, you know. Yeah, no, I'm one of those dudes that needs to practice before I can become yeah. good. I just wasn't naturally good when I just started doing it. Um, but um, yeah, I'm okay. I reckon I'm okay. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, where do where do you guys practice? Do you uh, do a um, uh, do you hire a studio or do you have your own studio or? Yeah, we use a couple of uh, a couple of local studios. LA Studios out at Wetherill Park um, is probably our main our main go to. Wow. We yeah. used to call that the desert back yeah. in the day. Yeah, oh, it still is, man. There's like nothing. There's this rehearsal studio. There's a pub across the road uh, that's all that's always deserted. There's never anybody there. Um, but yeah, no, it's a very very quiet industrial uh, little area, but a great studio. I mean, anybody in Sydney uh, or the Western Sydney area looking for looking for a studio, mm-hmm. LA Studios rates are um, a second to none, and the systems in there are, are, are awesome. There's no every room there is is re, is really good. Um, we were up until recently uh, also jamming out Dragons Den Music Studio mm-hmm. out in Penrith, uh, which has gone through a few names and a few owners over the years. Western Sydney Musos will most certainly know it there. On uh, the owners have changed, but the pool table remains the same. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> and actually the last owner had really done a, a lot of really good work. Built some uh, built some studios upstairs. Mm. Uh, had a vocal booth like a dj booth and a whole production room set up that uh, actually we did some work with there with the proxy we we could just take the laptop in mm-hmm. uh plug in with pro tools and and have all have it all up on screens and oh wow and all that at our disposal um so it was a, it was a real shame that he had to close that one down um but is that because of um the current situation yeah, yeah. covid was i think you times were a little bit tough probably before that anyway um, it's already a short margin, yeah. but yeah, exactly. So trying to trying to survive through COVID was was certainly the nail in the coffin. And then the other one that we actually just went and had a, a visit back to the other night um, is Sweetleaf at Mount Druitt. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Sweetleaf, but it's uh, yeah. Sweetleaf. Oh, dude, it's uh, it, that's it, a good fucking name. It's a fucking, <laughs> it's an experience going to Sweetleaf, man. It's it's old, it's old, but it's solid man like yeah. they've got this there's a, a bit of a hang like do people hang out there or no not anymore like back in the day that it was quite busy mm. anytime i've gone there lately we're the only band there uh and they've only really got one studio at the moment which is kind of this outside room it's really like a it's almost like a shipping container really mm. um but it's insulated with um it's insulated with um egg cups on the roof Oh wow, that kind of spec. <laughs> Egg cups on the roof and like <laughs> some kind of like real thin like mattresses or some shit. And it's the deadest room, man. Like I recorded some footage in the other night on my phone and it's perfectly audible. Yeah. Like it's just so so cool. So much character. What was it called again? Sweet leaf, all Sweet one word. Leaf. Uh, it is open for business at the moment. Sixty bucks for three hours. That's so pretty, pretty good. standard rates. That's pretty, yeah, that's um, pretty standard. Yeah. The the machine, yeah, the the PA in that in that room isn't the most massive thing, but um, look, we play with a backing track, mm. uh, and it um, and it accommodates us still. So, um, but yeah, look, just for the just to say you've it's one of those just to say you've done it. Go have a jam at Sweet. Man, I've done most of the studios in town. I haven't looked... With that said, though, I haven't um, uh, been in a rehearsal studio outside because we've got our own um, uh, rig. Uh, we've got our own setup in a, in a Kennards. Nice. 
And um, let you jam at Kennards. Yeah, really? Yeah, in Penrith, man. What the fuck? <laughs> man, we've got a Kennards set up. Where you can shoot drug dealers at Kennards. Why not fucking jam? Oh, well, it's funny you say that, man. We've got a bullet hole in the bloody <laughs> roller door. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a bullet hole in the roller door. It's called Dank Studios. It's not the one out there where. Uh, <laughs> No, What's no. his name? Got to no, 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 not that way. Biscuit. No, 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 no. The, 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 this, the, the, um, uh, this um, uh, act of violence happened a lot um, earlier than that. <laughs> but we've been in that studio for seven years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know you could do that. Neither did I. Um, but, but it, it, this is how it came about. I was, I was doing a TV. Sh- I was shooting a TV show with a mate, and we were going around interviewing musicians. And one of the questions we asked him was. Where do you rehearse? Oh, yeah. And this guy goes, oh, we just got a Kenna's, and we put up some carpet on the walls, and that was it. Take note, band members. <laughs> Make some fucking inquiries of this shit. Wait, okay, think about this, man, because you, you got your jamming twice a week, right? Yeah. And you're paying um, uh, 60 bucks. About 60 bucks, yeah. About 60 bucks, that's 120 bucks a week. Yeah, right? 400, 500 bucks a month. Right. So, for five, you for $450 a month, you can have your own Kenna's that you can uh, access any time you want. Uh, no one will show up because it's an industrial complex <laughs> and it's behind key card i slept on this man i key, feel like key button access idiot. man <laughs> your gear is secure your drummer is always set up i feel always like the last up. uh last person of the party on this <laughs> well, that's what i felt like when i um i talked to this guy and i was like oh man you you do it in a garage at kenna's he goes yeah man <laughs> so i talked to the the bass um our bass player big shout out steve-o and um, we just did some A-frame wood frames, not mm. A-frame, sorry, so you know, just some frames like that. And um, we had a friend who uh, recently vacated and sold his apartment, got all the carpet, um, got all the, um, put some um, dampener behind that, some like, um, I don't know what you call it, you know that stuff you put under your carpet? Oh, yeah, yeah, the underlay. The underlay. Um, so we put the underlay um, in, the, in the gaps. That's great, fucking... Stitched that's it up. Soundproof and that's yeah. Well, you don't need it soundproof. You just need it to um just muffle it. Just muffle it. So because yeah. they, they made a tin. Right? I was about to say they made it be pinging around like oh like man. Crazy. We, we set it up um, before um, <laughs> we had built the the soundproofing, and yeah, no, you yeah, can't do it. It's it's not even worth trying. It, we only tried it just to be you know smart asses. We mm-hmm. had no intention of um, pursuing it that way. Um, but um, yeah, get a couple of rugs. Um, chuck them on the ground and that's it you don't yeah. even need to do the roof you don't need to yeah. do the roof because it will just like um, it's like a megaphone it will just go out out the door Yeah. and your drums are set up all the time um, everyone gets a key because mm. um, you just put a padlock on it and um, instead of um, paying 450 a month we pay 500 and our band kitty makes 50 bucks a month yeah I was about to say, the money you're saving on the studio, you can say, oh, buy yourself the PA to be able to jam in there yeah. if you don't have one already. Mm. Um, but you pick them up, you pick this stuff up anywhere. Yeah. Like, so how many broken musicians out there are selling their shit? Oh, right? They're oh. everywhere. Dude, it's fucking fire sales <laughs> at the moment, eh? <laughs> like, yeah, crazy. So, um, and, 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 it's, and it's not stuck at your house because you're storing it all the time. Yeah. It's in a, a secure it's in location. Secure storage. It's in secure storage. Ensure you buy their insurance just in case anything happens. Yeah, no, they're get your own. It's already covered yeah exactly so covered by their premises covered yeah. by their ones so if it burns down that you they got to give you yeah exactly um and uh yeah I, I can't recommend it highly enough oh, it is awesome I, fucking that's a life changer yeah uh, <laughs> you know um we 200 bucks in wood um i think i had my own pa um my mate steve he got married instead of hiring the speakers he bought them and then he just brought those to the dank we were seriously talking about it during lockdown we were like we don't know when we're going to be allowed back to the studio. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, just like half jokingly, I think the drummer drummer suggested that the guitarist, who you know makes the most money out of all of us, mm. um, <laughs> go and go and hire a uh, yeah, go and hire out a uh, a factory or something, or you know, take over Dragons Den um, no, now that it's closed down. But um, yeah, all you need is a PowerPoint. Yeah, uh, and you might worry, right? Because we will worry. We're like, all right, if we plug into this PowerPoint, how many things can we plug into this fucking yeah, PowerPoint? Too, yeah. Never blowing it, man. Yeah, no. No, and we're running like five amps. Yeah. Um, running a brain and a PA. Yeah, sick. Man, and had, no, doesn't skip a beat. Can I at least come down to yours and try it out? Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, I'll show you. Uh, I'll show you some photos after uh, of what we've set up, man. It will blow your mind. You, you should be fucking renting it out and paying the rent in it. <laughs> man, they keep putting our rent up. Kennards, stop putting our rent up because um, I have to go, keep going in there, and I've got to talk to the manager because the the normal salesman goes. I can't put your rent up, man. I can't lower your rent. I'm like, we've been here for seven years. Yeah. And like, um, my bass guitarist, or is it the car? Yeah, maybe maybe being a guitarist. He goes up and he's like, you're not to talk to those people. <laughs> you just lose your cool straight away. I'm like, no, but they keep putting it up, man. We've been here for years. Why do they keep putting it up? Give me some kind of, you know, loyalty discount. Yeah, man. We were the first, cu- like, because we were the first customer. Because yeah. it just got built. Yeah. We're the first customer. But band practice for me is a two-minute drive. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, well, actually, it's Rob who comes and picks me up. So. In saying that, we're quite, um, we're, yeah, we're, we're a bit spread out um, in the proxy. As I said, I'm up in the, the lower mountains, drummers at Glenmore Park, mm. and then the other, t- the guitarist and bass player out Campbelltown Way. So mm. uh, LA Studios at Weather Park is about as close to dead centre for yeah. for everybody as we can get. And yeah, down the freeway, it's uh, it's, a, it's a hop, skip and a look jump. For a, look for a Kennards and Weatherall Park. Yeah, I'll be looking around yeah. definitely for sure. But I also enjoy, uh, you know, I generally ride to to practice with the drummer uh so i'll go meet him at his house and that's our kind of time to bond and uh do our little pre-vocal warm-ups well, that's a, that's a so, it's a social occasion right yeah like, definitely um, uh, like uh, my mate Rob, uh, drummer, uh, he'll he'll come around to a podcast uh, and then we'll go down to the studio. We'll hang around for an hour because everyone's running late. Um, you know, bring a case of beer with us. Yeah, have you know two or three beers. Do uh, do the set. Um, do a bit of writing. Have a break. Um, uh, you know, have a smoke break. Um, then you know, drink some more beer. Do the set again. You do it at your own pace. When you're doing those three hours, yeah. you're like, all right, set up your drums, man. Get them going. We got to, we're on the clock. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. We did have it actually pretty sweet for a while. The drummer, one of the drummer's good mates, did have his own studio out at uh, like the back of Bryn Jelly mm-hmm. or something. So even the, even then for you know guys living in Penrith and Campbelltown, it was probably smack bang in the middle. Mm. Um, and had that added benefit, we could just hang out and chill. Uh, it was such a cool fucking studio as well. Like just all the walls were just decked out in all the little knick-knacky, yeah. knick-knacky stuff. Um, it was actually used in... Um what did they use it in? They used, uh, I think, in uh, a couple of Houzo's episodes. Uh, so it was used as the the clubhouse for the bikey gang in oh, yeah. uh, in Houzo's. So if uh, yeah, anyone's curious what I'm talking about, uh, you look back at some old Houzo's episodes. I've, I've, I've had a couple of the actors there. from Houzo's on uh, on the show. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I mentioned to you. A big, big shout out to Victoria, actually. Now that I mention it, a mate of mine is um, is working on a little um, short film at the moment and asked me to shoot a little scene for him mm. uh which i mentioned to you before and yeah that's um got um i think johnny boxes making an appearance in in that oh yeah uh as obviously as the uh, antagonist mm-hmm. um so yeah it's um yeah acting's i guess yeah one of those other things that i do enjoy dabbling in from from time to time mm-hmm. um 
yeah, never ever really taken it super seriously, but uh, love being the centre of attention, obviously. So, oh man, uh, that's uh, yeah, man. Again, I totally resonate with that being a front man in a band, and yeah. um, uh, you know, always always trying to get on a film set and uh, direct a movie or shoot a movie. Uh, but uh, well, speaking of shooting movies, uh, so you've just recently had a music video come out, yeah? Or was that recent? No, it was done by. Didn't uh, was it Adam that did the video for you guys? Um, no, so we're working on a, uh, we're working on one with Ad, with Adam at the oh, moment. Oh, wor- you haven't released it yet. Okay. Yeah, no, working on uh, yeah a few ideas actually. Obviously, with all these uh, or a couple of of key, I think key what we would call key songs mm-hmm. coming out, or certainly those uh, what I hope to become signature tracks for mm-hmm. for the proxy we really want the visuals for those to be mm-hmm. uh you know to be top notch and to have a, a good product mm-hmm. so one thing i think the project has um has lacked for for a long time it's is, hard thing to is do, a product mm-hmm. um but again it's taken us that long that i, I just don't want to really rush things now so taking our time with those and and yeah coming up with some some cool ideas there's some already some cool thematic ideas in in both the music and the lyrics to mm-hmm. to kind of draw off so um yeah we've got some some cool oh, so you want to go for a storyline sort of thing and yeah okay yeah definitely you know, kind of metaphorical type stuff um i do really like that um that kind of video montage style of of music video as well so i'm almost leaning towards having that you know that type of video where the band really doesn't feature mm. much at, at all. We're all getting or, up. Or, or, We're all or, fucking or old and ugly all. now, anyway. So that's why I question. I go, if at all, yeah, just, just, do, it, the, just do the story. If at all, yeah. So mm. we, the one, the one, I guess, proper film clip we do have out at the moment is up on our YouTube for a, a track called "No Way Back," and it's really just that. Um, yeah, montage clip of you know news reports and fucking war scenes and mm. um, police brutality, which is yeah, another one of those like another one of those bugbears of mine, uh, which is really hard at the moment actually because uh, actually I won't out who it is for his safety and probably and and mine, but a very shall we say close acquaintance is is entering the police force mm-hmm. um, very soon and and almost since the time he mentioned it, there's been a weekly report of police being fucked yeah like uh, whether it's here in australia in america and you know maybe me, i can't help but comment on it and i feel like i've maybe alienated him a little bit in the last month so sorry bro it's nothing personal just you know don't be one of those like you know do try and try and do something to fix it from within yeah but you know the, the, the job does attract a certain types but with that said as well um you can't you can't have that broad brush and paint everyone with the same brush you know um with that generalization but with that said fellas there's a lot of um sh- uh, shit going on out there if you don't want us um uh painting a broad brush on your organization perhaps you should fix it up a little bit and i think that's the big one of the biggest criticisms that um that people often make um you know i guess in that in that music musician slash activist um space ezekiel ox is a is a big influence of mine mm. um he's not backward and going forward in, in what he says or things people who don't know ezekiel so the, the front man for bands like mammal uh super heist these mm. days um and a bunch of his own uh own individual projects uh, you've probably seen him on TV as well at rallies or uh, you know, getting bailed up by the media or sometimes arrested. But, um, you know, again, he's, that's one of the biggest criti- criticisms, I guess, he makes of, of the organisation is that there's not enough people within the organisation standing up saying this ain't fucking right. Mm. Every time he kind of 
turn to the organisation for help to go, you saw this, we all saw this, we're saying it's not right, but invariably they come out and go, yeah, no, we, we think they were all right. Or they, yeah, were, they we're, were justified we're, in their actions. We're so. going gonna to look after them because if we don't, it's going to be detrimental to the organisation as a whole. Exactly. And yeah. then like, it's like this, this poor fellow over in the States where all these riots have started. Like, you know, you've, you've probably seen the footage. I've seen the footage. Everyone's seen the footage. As and much as I could watch, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's just like everyone around them who's not even medically trained is going, the dude's not breathing, mate. Just let him up. Yeah. Let him up. Like, you're, just, you're being a dick. And not only that, you're, you're, you're being a severe dick. Yeah, it's, the, it's that level of, you know, the, the other one that really got me the, the other week was, um, it, was a, a, it was here in Australia, a 15-year-old girl mm. um, was was being escorted from a, it actually was a 420 festival, actually. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was kind of that humorous aspect to it as well. But then, the, you know, she's she's cuffed being escorted away and then she just gets clean punched straight in the face. A 15-year-old, you know, restrained girl mm. cops a full blow to the face mm. and and police standards come out and and justify that action when mm. all they needed to do to to calm and reassure the community that this isn't acceptable was mm. to say this isn't acceptable but they, they do and say the opposite no, they, stuck, yeah, they dug their heels yeah dug their heels no, no, no it was justified because she was spat on yeah, no, that's that's I'm not that's sorry, not right but at all. It, it's just right, straight up retaliation. She 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 took offence to being spat on and retaliated. That's right. That's any any you know clear thinking person. Yeah, well, it makes that. sense. But look, I'll just give you an example. An example that I always sort of look at is a really mild sort of one. It's illegal to use a mobile phone while you're driving, mm. but it's not illegal for police to do so. Yeah, Double they receive standard, yeah. they don't receive any training to drive with a mobile phone, mm. but yet. They are capable of driving with a mobile phone, but we are not. Yeah. And I just think, uh, you got to do one of two things in that situation. You either drop the whole mobile phone issue. If you get caught texting on your phone or, you know, th th there's different usage of a phone, right? Should you be texting at 110 k's an hour? Yeah. No. Probably not. Probably no. not. But could you have a phone up to your ear while driving 100 k's an hour? Probably. Is it safe? No, probably mm. not. Um in, in any circumstance, how could you make that okay for the police? So you've either got to abolish the law or don't have the double standard. Yeah. By having that double standard there, you lose credibility. People go, well, why would I listen to anything that you've got to say after even just a mild um, you know, action like that? And then when you, when you zoom out from those little things, you start to discover more. Mm. And you realise that you know, it's a, it's, um, you know, it, it is a boys' club. It is yeah. a boys club, and it is a, a scenario where they're going to look after their own. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Of course, one would look after their own. That's just human nature. Yeah, of course. But you need to have transparency, and you need to call a spade a spade, man, and go, you know, that ain't right. Yeah. Um, should I be on my phone while I'm driving? No. Should I put my knee into someone's neck for eight <laughs> minutes continuously? Probably well, not. Probably not. No. You know, yeah. they, they, these aren't difficult things to come to. And you, you don't need to have, have an indoctrinated a moral fibre to find that answer. Any normal human being would find that within themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not it's not rocket science. It's fucking brain surgery. Yeah, that's right. And I think you know? that, you know, really hypocrisy is just one of those things that is just the hardest thing to swallow when there were clear and evident examples of, mm -hmm. you know, it not working in both in both directions. That's when people are like, man, I'm checking out now, mm -hmm. you know, I ain't even fucking listening and no more yeah, they'll just switch off yeah they'll just switch off and, right? that, and that's actually the worst the absolute worst outcome is for people to check out and, and stop listening you want people listening yeah. you want to, people engaged 
Whether and, it's for and that, and that way the, 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 you know, that critical um, uh, eye is removed when they switch off. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, but on that political note, man, I think I'm really at the end of time. We're yeah, cutting I think it close, man. We're cutting it close, actually. Got a bit heavy there, but we did. Uh, we got a bit heavy and wild. Uh, but with that said, so before we go, um, where can we find you online? Yeah, look, uh, we're pretty much on all of the um, the major platforms: um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, everything's forward slash the Proxy Music. Uh, so whatever your favourite uh, your favourite platform is, uh, yeah, forward proxy. slash the Proxy Music, all one word, all lowercase. Um, and yeah, you'll find us. Uh, also, Bandcamp is probably the main space to, to find our music. Bandcamp's great. I love Bandcamp. Bandcamp's good, man. It's mm. only one. It's only one giving us artists any decent kickback. You know, again, we've been a little bit stubborn in signing up for your CD babies and mm. those kind of deals <laughs> to get on Spotify and and all that stuff. Look, in saying that, we we probably suck a bit of eggs once the album in, is done in oh, its no, entirety. Oh, we're totally whoring ourselves out. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll um, get to that point once we've got. The, the full product ready but uh, until then we'll uh, yeah make us get as much kickback as we can through those uh, through those key platforms yeah, so Bandcamp's uh, a good start kids Bandcamp's a great start so make sure you check out the proxy at Bandcamp and every other platform the Gram uh, Facebook and you're not on Twitter what no, you Twitter? no we don't really tweet. Twitter <laughs> I've tried to narrow it down to a couple where we just really focus it you know uh, I think we were trying to and plug the, the Triple J on Earth for a while it's just got too many I'm like let's just focus our attention yeah. on, on a couple um, so yeah IGTV uh, and Instagram we're, we're starting to do a bit more on that it seems to be the one that's really picking up people are uh, I think we're starting to gravitate to that more yeah, um, to um, than Facebook just because it cuts out all the crap, cuts out all the the rants and all you know. Just well, I find Facebook. I try to use like real time analogies, right? So uh, Facebook is like a lamp post with a poster on it. Mm. That's what I find it like. Yeah, and it's been po- it's been posted. Yeah, a shitload of time, <laughs> that's right. and, you, and and after a big uh, weather event, you could see the posters underneath. Yeah, that's what Facebook is really. Yeah, um, and Instagram <laughs> is like those new, um, like billboard type things on the side of the bus that roll and move and uh, they're the bus stop rollers. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that's what I was gonna say, man. The, the, and and Instagram is the bus stop that has the automated roller on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but man, we're totally out of time. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. No, thanks for having us, man. I felt a little bit. Um, yeah, uncredentialed actually having not met you not shared beer with you but happy to have now done both and uh, I mean I had an absolute hoot man I learned a lot I learned an absolute lot man yeah. so thank you once again thanks for having us man alright and guys um, don't forget to go and subscribe to the Pager Train on YouTube go and tick like on Facebook and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and we'll see you guys next time that's it man all done awesome Cheers, yeah, once man. again man thank you very much oh, great cool, to meet man. you enjoyed it Hopefully it's all recording still.